The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And join me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hey, Pat. Hello there. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, be sure to check out another show on the StarQuest Network that you are certain to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. So our main topic today is on wellness and health tracking tech. Wellness and health tracking is big business and technology. They want to help you. All these companies want to help you get healthier. Well, a well, weller, no, uh, healthier, <laughs> fitter, healthier, wealthier, and wise. Well, maybe not the wealthier, but <laughs> poorer, healthier, healthier, poorer after you buy all the tech. Spend your money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe more neurotic about, you know, all of the keeping track of your health. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, uh, let's, the, the three areas I really wanted to focus on this time is on weight loss and nutrition. Uh, so tech for that on sleep tracking and then on various medical monitoring apps and devices, just you know, more general stuff to keep track of your various vitals. And, uh, and so uh, no surprise that you know, we're going to talk about a lot of these devices like your uh, smartwatch, your uh, fitness tracker bands, those sorts of things uh, will come up. And so let's start with, the weight loss and eating apps and devices. Now you're not going to eat apps, but apps about eating and devices and nutrition. Uh, one of the things I, I have and use a lot is, and I've had for a long time, the Withings scale. Uh, now yes. they have a whole line of scale, smart scales, and some of them are wicked fancy. They, they do things like, use uh, electrical signal to measure your BMI and all that other uh, stuff. Mine, basically tells you how much you weigh, <laughs> but it's connected to Wi-Fi and it will put it in my, uh, my, my health app and keep track of my weight over time. And, you know, give me alerts if my weight is fluctuating and that sort of thing. And uh, the nice thing is that it also, because the, everyone in my family weighs different things because we're all different ages and different genders <laughs> that we uh, it can keep track of who's who. I'm not going to suddenly lose 50 pounds overnight, I hope. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that one, that weight, that's me. Um, and then, you know, my sons and my wife and my daughters, uh, my daughters are kind of close uh, in age and in weight. So it sometimes it gets confused. And so it'll ask, uh, who was this? Uh, there's an app on your phone where, where it can do that. But it, general it's a great it's a great device you know i just pull it out every morning step on it put it back it, you know it tells me the weight and it helps me be mindful and i think that's a big part of all of this health stuff is it's about being mindful about what your body is doing and i think paying attention to your body to to your health is half the battle uh, 
what do you think is it is is it about this you know is it the data itself or is it paying attention uh, that's the difference well, and i have a i have a withing scale as well i got it a couple of years ago as kind of one of our insurance plan perks you know you do your little self-evaluation and you get the scale and it's it is nice it's very nice you know it does i don't know if mine does the electrical impulses tell your bmi or just you know i'm six foot two and i weigh this much therefore your bmi is x you know this the standard formula that they use to calculate that it is nice you know actually it's kind of nice mine after it weighs you you know it tells you how you know how heavy you are and how what your bmi is then then it shows you the forecast the weather forecast it'll be <laughs> sunny and 70 to today to. you know yeah but uh they are very nice because yeah you got the scale and uh we'll talk later about how you integrate some of these apps into other apps and google uh google's health connect will take the this the weight from withings and put it like in the Fitbit app or the running apps and stuff like that. So all that stuff's in one place, you know, and that really is nice. Uh, so that data helps. But I think the important thing with something like this is the data itself isn't the most important aspect uh, because you can get caught up in the data too easily. You know, that's one thing I'd heard years ago is if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to get in shape, don't get on the scale every day. Don't, obsess. don't look at the scale every day. Do it at least weekly. Right, Because what's going to happen is, okay, let's say you start a, a workout routine, you're lifting weights and you're doing a diet at the same time, you'll start to lose weight because you'll lose water weight. You'll lose, you know, that, that quick weight you might lose and, oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, then you get the muscle tone starts kicking in and you might actually start gaining weight, but you're still losing mass, but you're, 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 st- or you're still losing like around the waist. Yeah. But it's not showing on the scale because your muscle tone is starting to build. Muscle weighs more than fat. That's something I get heard it like since I was in elementary school, you know, when we were studying health. So the data is good, but it needs to be used to help you keep on track. Right. To keep doing the work you're doing and not be surprised when you get on the scale and suddenly I'm two pounds heavier. How am I two pounds heavier this week? Well, I just lifted a whole bunch of weights. Right. Or I just did some running. And so now my muscles too much salt. Way <laughs> too much salt. I'm a bear, I'm holding water exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's the thing. Like, because I get on every day and I notice every day. You know, I I ate too many. I ate a bunch of potato chips last night and I lost four pounds overnight. Uh, I fasted and I gained six pounds. And it just it could drive you crazy chasing the scale. Yeah. You know, and it's like no, no. It's like there's all kinds of reasons why you're fluctuating, and some people fluctuate more than other people. Uh, and you, you're right. You you probably best just either looking at long term trends over time, or don't don't get on the scale every every day. That's that's probably even a healthier attitude. And there, there is some lag between when you do the action and what it shows on the scale. So those potato chips, that bag of Lay's potato chips, isn't going to show the next morning. Right. It'll show a day or two later. And same thing with working out. It's not going to show the next day. It's after a day or two when your muscles have built themselves up. Right, right. So a scale is, is probably the, the basic tool for, you know, wealth and healthiness and healthiness and uh, health and wellness. Let's get those mixed up. <laughs> and uh, and it's and, and it, if it connects to the health app on your either iOS or Google, and then it becomes part of your health data that is residing there. And as you do more of these things, it, you, a lot of this stuff can aggregate, and other apps can come in and use that data to tell you things about yourself. Now, like if you're trying to lose weight. 
one of the apps that you hear about all the time, it's one of the most popular ones, is called Lose It. And it's probably a previous pick of the week. I, I used it for a while myself. Um, and there's a lot about it that it, it does a lot. All these apps do a ton of different things. Um, and one of the things it does is it allows you to track your food. It obviously allows you to track your weight. Um, it has community forums where you can talk to other people if that's a thing that you like. Water tracking. I mean, you can get really, really deep into it. And it connects to your devices. So it'll track your steps from your your watch or health tracker, you know, wristband. It'll track your weight from your scale. Uh, it'll also do food tracking. And that's the, the thing I wanted to do most was I wanted to keep a food diary because I've heard that if you, if you were to write down every single thing that passes your lips every day, you would, you would naturally eat less because so many of us are mindless eaters. We just consume and we're <laughs> often eating while reading or watching a video or a show or, you know, we, we just not paying attention. And so all this food goes consumed. We're not paying attention to it. If we actually had to write down exactly what we eat, you start to go, I'm eating a lot more than I thought. And I'm going to eat less. And the, 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 the options within lose it are very detailed. You can, you know, every hamburger brand of hamburger at the grocery stores in there, you know, all that stuff. But I found that I'm, I, eat a lot of food we cook from scratch and it became really tedious to enter every ingredient in. And that was one of the weirdest areas I had trouble. Have either of you used an app like this, like a food tracking app? Uh, My fitness pal is another one that a lot of people use. Um, And what was your experience with it? Well, it was similar to yours in a sense. The, The fact that I recorded it made me more aware what I did on the uh, preparing my own foods is I would look up a couple of versions of what I had made at home and just kind of do a, a, a swag at it. And so I would say, well, if we had lasagna tonight, I'll look up two different recipes or two different things for lasagna and do it in between. Or if I felt like I used healthier ingredients, I cut it a little bit. But I didn't try to do every ingredient because that I, I just couldn't. Yeah, yeah it's I've, tedious. I've done I've done Weight Watchers, and it does yeah, help. It too. really does. I mean, Weight Watchers. There's a reason why Weight Watchers have been so successful. If you keep with the program, it will help you lose weight and will help you get in better shape. But you got to keep with the program. I'm just going to say I've used the Weight Watcher app, and I've used Lose It and a couple of others. And I think Lose It's the one I like the best in terms of the uh, amount of things that it would look up for you and to keep track. You know, but Weight Watchers was pretty good too. But I I got tired of paying the cost. Yeah, that's part of the problem is it does cost, you know, 25 bucks a month or whatever it is. Um, but uh, one thing the Weight Watchers app does allow you to do is you don't have to enter in the entire uh, menu. If you can find a similar uh, or not uh, entire recipe, if you can find a similar recipe online that's got the nutrition information. Yep. You can just enter that right into the app just and that in. will yeah. cover the di- the information you need. And that might be a better shortcut, you know, you're making it home and you're probably, you know, you're, you're making, you know, your grandmother's recipe from back in Italy or something like that. But I bet you can find a recipe that's close enough that it would be suitable. Like you right. said, judge it a little bit more. Oh, I'm using more salt than it says or less salt. So then I can adjust that. Things like that. Yeah. Well, or, you know, that way you can plug it in. At least you've got a, a ballpark and it's it's not exact, but it, it it's close enough. Right. Yep. Speaking of cost, so Lose It is 40 bucks a year for the Lose It Premium, oh, which gives you wow. all the options. Um, 
uh, my fitness pal is more expensive. It's um, let me see where is it. It's either twenty bucks a month or eighty bucks a mm. year. Which oh jeez, uh, that's a big difference. I I'm not sure why yeah. anybody would pay twenty bucks a You're month. You're only unless, paying for four months. Yeah, yeah. But they had a pretty good database of foods too. I remember mm-hmm. trying them for a while, and, right. and that was probably eight or ten years ago, though. At this or eight years ago, at this point, right? I heard there was a point where they got bought by another company, like they Under did. Armour I'm, or something, and there was yeah. some issues. With that transition, people weren't happy, but uh, maybe that's worked out. Um, there's another one, uh, this article from CNN that will link that compares uh, uh, weight loss apps. Um, they, there's one called My Net Diary Premium, which I've never heard of, but it's only 60 bucks a year or $9 a month. So it kind of comes a little higher, but they, that, this article liked Lose It uh, better. So, um, so that's good. And then uh, in also in the same area, this is something I've picked before. Uh, is as my pick of the week, an app called Zero uh, Zero Intermittent Fasting or Zero Longevity is the name of the company, <laughs> but it's the Zero Intermittent Fasting Tracker. And it's very simply just, I mean, it, it can do more than just track how your intermittent fasting, but the idea of intermittent fasting is, is you you only eat between a certain period of time every day. Like you, you, you don't eat after, like you eat dinner, and then from seven o'clock at night, say, till noon the next day, or depending on how what kind of intermittent fasting you do, or you know the next night's dinner at four thirty or whatever, you don't eat. And what this does, it helps you track the time. And again, it's I think these sorts of things help with the being aware and mindful. It's it's easy to kind of just say to yourself, "Oh yeah, I'm not going to eat till tomorrow," and not really think about it. But if you've got a an app. And it's tracking time, and I, at least for me, this works for me. If I feel like I had, if I eat something, I'm gonna have to go in and turn it off and say I ate, <laughs> I broke my fast. You know, it, it's like it's like this weird accountability to the machine. You're adding a conscience, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it helps. I mean, for some people, that's not gonna work. I mean, you just you don't care or whatever. You just do the thing. But for some people, this is is helpful. It's a helpful aid, um, and I like that it it has this thing where it says, hey, you know, you're doing good. You've you've managed to fast six days in a row and, you know, you these so many hours without eating. And it because you haven't eaten for 18 hours, this is what your body is doing. And it's it's got all these things that really help with, you know, keeping you aware of why you're doing this and, and the fact that you can do it. So uh, I really like that. And of course, we got to put in the obligatory plug. Episode 21 of Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World for more on intermittent fasting. Right. <laughs> it's a whole episode on it. Uh, Mysterious.fm Very good episode. 21. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that definitely. Yeah, Jimmy's the man on the on intermittent fasting. He's got, he got me so, convinced. So does it give you a prompt that you can go get a candy bar now? <laughs> well, yeah. it does prompt you that you're uh, – because you, you tell it wh- how long you want to be fasting for. So it'll give you a warning. Hey, this the fast is ending in so certain such such a time. It's like start your engines, <laughs> line up your your snack or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't do that. but uh, So another thing that's really big, people are really big on these days, almost ob- obsessive about, is sleep and sleep hygiene, they call it. Um, probably because – most of us don't get good sleep or get enough sleep. Um, it's kind of amazing how, how many people are not sleeping well. 
uh, uh, it, I, I used to joke that it's amazing that America survive, uh, you know, manages to operate with so many parents of young children on the roads every day. Because I, when I was a parent of a young child, I was dangerous on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we're all looking to sleep and get a better night's sleep. And one of the things we think is going to help us are sleep tracking. You know, did we get enough REM sleep? How many times did you wake up? Are you snoring too much? And uh, so we get sleep trackers. And uh, the one I use is, again, from Withings. I got, uh, although I think it was, it's, I got it a long time ago. It's The company has changed hands several times. But uh, I think it was Nokia at, at one point. Uh, but it could it, be. Yeah, but it's uh, the Withings sleep tracker. And it's a pad that just slides under your bed. And it connects via Bluetooth to your phone and when you lay down it senses that you're laying on the bed and it it attracts your movements and by how you move it knows when you're in deep sleep or light sleep and it keeps track every night and it will you know for me it tells me the big thing is it tells me you got seven hours sleep you got six hours sleep you got eight hours sleep and i'm like okay i, I i'm going i'm doing a pretty good job of getting to bed and and you know getting a decent night's sleep and that's big for me but what do you guys think about the uh, obsession with tracking your sleep well and when i first started i you know it was a lot more obsessive and now is it's like i look at it a couple times a month and say oh yeah it looks like i'm getting to oh wait a minute i'm getting to bed later and later i need to you know and my my app tells me, you know, it's time to start shutting things down. And so that's a good reminder of, no, don't go in and do one more game. Uh, but I've gotten so that I don't pay attention to the minutia anymore. Because, uh, but, you know, for things like preventing diabetes, for heart issues, you do need enough sleep. So I feel like I need something, but not something so obsessive that I'm looking to see how many times I'm waking up. Now, if I look and see it, you know, days of restless sleep, then I start saying, well, maybe I'm, there's something else going on there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm one that I don't sleep the greatest. So, um, my sleep, you know, even when I get a good night, what should be a good night's sleep, you know, get eight, nine hours of lights out time. I'll still end up wake up in the middle of the night anyways. And, you know, sit there for an hour anyway, you know, but, um, so something like this is good, you know, to, to be able to see what I'm doing, because I, I know I am a fairly light sleeper and, right. you know, kind of be able to wear that. Um, and of course, yeah, bad, bad decisions of, you know, I've got my Fitbit app set to say, you know, it's 930. You really should start thinking about bed. And I swipe it away and stay up for another hour and a half. Mine's set to one o'clock. <laughs> night owls. You know, yep. Night owls. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Well, the, the thing I worry about is obsessing about your sleep to the point where it's stress like right it's the opposite is doing the opposite of what should be doing what, what we should be doing is, is you know you can there's such a thing as too much information and i've and i've seen where people can get really obsessive about the data and and getting stressed out about it and, and getting worse sleep because of it so if if all this information is making you stressed Get less Stop. information. Yeah. Well, uh, this is this is going back to to using the data to help you, not getting obsessed by it. You know, not sleep. You know, look at the scale every day. Don't look at your sleep data every day. You know, you look, look at, at trends. It. Yeah, because a lot of I know a lot of these apps like Fitbit, like Withings, like I'm sure the Apple yep. app will show you sleep trends. It won't just show you this night you got this, this night you got this, this night you got this. 
And it's better to look at that trend of saying, okay, yeah, yeah, I know on Thursday I didn't do so well because I stayed out with friends the night before and had a few too many or ate too much or had this stress going on in my life or whatever. But otherwise, the trends look good. Yeah, right. Apple's will say something like, you've gotten 12 out of 14 days, you've met your sleep goal. Yep. You know, And that's fine. That's what I want. Yeah, yep. Fitbit does too. So, yeah. So if you really do want a lot more information, there are apps. Uh, there's this one called... Um, Rise Science or uh, the Rise uh, Science Sleep Foundation. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the app. And this gives you all kinds of information. It talks about sleep debt and circadian rhythm. And um, it, you know, you give it all kinds of information about you and then it, it tracks your sleep debt, which is, you know, if you, if you don't get enough sleep every night, you're incurring a debt that has to be made up later on. Like you have to get more sleep later. That's the idea of sleep debt. Um, and so it, I mean, it is kind of obsessive and I, I hesitate to recommend it unless you're someone who really needs to have this sort of information because it, it can be unhelpful to get too much information. But um, the, the, this app uses other sleep trackers. So it'll either use your Apple watch or your Fitbit or your Withings pad or whatever. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, and it uses that information and then uses its proprietary, you know, algorithms and, and that sort of thing to come up with a, you know, uh, personalized sleep tracking for you of, you know, how your sleep is going. Um, so if, if that appeals to you, that's, it's available anyway. Yeah, I noticed that was a, not a separate device. It was just using your own devices, which I thought mm -hmm. was an interesting approach. Right. One of the things that, uh, you know, App, Apple advertises and, you know, Fitbit does uh, about wearing your device to sleep. You know, you wear your watch to sleep or wear your Fitbit to sleep. Um, and I'm I. You've got Pat, a story. <laughs> Pat knows. I've told this story on the show before. Uh, I won't go into all the detail, but I did end up in the ER for wearing my Fitbit to sleep one, uh, one night because I slept on it. Um, like, because I, I, I'm a belly sleeper with my hands above, uh, you know, under my head, and the Fitbit put pressure on a nerve in my head that made my whole face go go numb. So I woke in the morning and I thought I was having a stroke. So I ended up in the Oops. ER for 24 hours until, you know, they tried to stick me in an MRI and do all this other stuff. I, I didn't fit because my shoulders were too wide. So thank God, because I'm also claustrophobic. <laughs> so, uh, but until the neurologist says, do you sleep with your Fitbit on? I'm like, yeah. And how do you sleep? And I showed him. And as I lifted my arm up to my head, I'm like, oh, my goodness. No. Oh. <laughs> we both realized exactly what had happened. I'd spent 24 hours in the hospital because I slept on my yeah. Fitbit. So all that said. I wear. Yeah. I wear mine to bed and I'm a side sleeper. So it's never been a right. problem. My yeah. only problem is when it decides to wake up and shine a light and wakes Randy up. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so now if you, if you want to wear something to bed and you don't want a big watch or, or, or wrist thing, there is something called the aura ring. O U R A. And it's a ring just goes on your, on your finger, just like any other ring, but it's got sensors in it. And it will track things like your sleep and your blood pressure and, you know, all the other things that a, a watch or Fitbit can can track. And uh, but because it's small, like a ring, it's unobtrusive and, you know, it's much less noticeable. Um, it's more expensive. It's uh, I think it starts at 250 somewhere around there, 200. Uh, but there's also a monthly subscription 
to it as well, like six or seven bucks a month. So whereas with like a Apple watch, yeah, it's like three fifty, but there's no monthly fee and it does a lot more, you know, it's got a screen on it. The aura doesn't have a screen. So um, I just want to know if it will tell me my mood and track it. Like the old mood <laughs> I mean, I'm it's feeling purple that. today. No. <laughs> but I did notice it was a lot more accurate than I, I had thought it might be, you know, from what I was seeing on some of the reviews, it sounds yeah. like it has a good reputation for accuracy on the sleep stuff. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I've heard a lot of reviews that said good things, but um, but it is a one-trick pony. It has no screen, so it's not going to do all the other things a phone could do or even a Fitbit can do, you know, because a lot of Fitbits have screens now. Can't uh, show you the time. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, and, and the thing, too, with a lot of these, whether it is Fitbit or Apple Watch or the Aura, they're still not going to be as accurate as an actual sleep study where you're, no. they hook you up to all kinds of sensors and everything. Um, all these do well. I mean, you, you look at reviews of, you know, there's one article that we've got uh, Pat linked to here about Apple Watch versus Fitbit, and they're pretty similar, you know, and really? they, you know, and they use things like your oxygen levels and your heart rate and your body temperature and all these things that their sensors can do to give you a, basically a best guess. I mean, ultimately, it's it's a best guess of sleep. Uh, you could probably trick it to think you're asleep if you just you know leave your hand on you know steady Ooh. for an hour or something well, like that. Well, I, you know? I have had it tell me I was asleep when we were watching TV. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great you sure sleep, you sleep last week. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't sleeping watching? I'm no, sure. <laughs> I remember the movie. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> that's usually me. Watch. I'm, I'm watching that. Your eyes are closed. Um, uh, I'm well, just resting. Yeah, we, my eyes. we had a, we had our priest assembly this week. And there was there was one talk yesterday where I, I can guarantee you my watch said I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, on the not Fitbit, to say it was boring. <laughs> no, I was just I fell asleep. Right. Uh, I dozed off. No, on the Fitbit versus uh, Apple Watch question, uh, this one article that reviews them, you know, compares them. It basically comes down to if you're an Apple person, get a, get an Apple Watch. If you're mm-hmm. a Google Android person. Get a Fitbit. I mean, they're both they both do equally well, you know, and uh, they have all the features, and you know, so you just you know whatever ecosystem you're in, yeah, yep, yeah, it's just within a few minutes of each other, more or less, you know, and yep. So uh, the other category we want to talk about is the uh, medical monitoring devices, and these are a little more specialized. Uh, but the one thing you want to do is you want to make sure when on your either your iPhone or your Android phone, set up the health apps. You know, you need to go in there and put in the basic data and information, you know, you know, your age, your your sex, your, uh, you know, whatever. Height, weight. Height and weight, um, at least starting. And then if you get a scale, that can fill in um, whatever medical conditions um, on iOS that has the medication tracker, which is fantastic, useful for me. <laughs> also a lot uh, to you remind me to take my stuff. And then, um, you know. Then as you add devices, they will ask for permissions to put data into the health app, the health, you know, uh, vault on your phone. And then as you use other apps, like say lose it or other, you know, or, or sleep tracking apps, they'll ask for permission to look at that data. So uh, the, the that health app on your phone becomes a central repository and guardian of that information for you. So it's, it pays to go in and look at those things and check them out. And all of that data will all be gathered together in that one place. And it's great because as you have more and more devices reporting information about you, there's more and more information that, that certain apps can use to, 
to kind of connect them together, you know, your weight to your blood pressure to, and then at one point your doctor can, I've had my doctor, you know, shown things to my doctor in my app and say, Hey, this has been going on. What do you think of this? And she and I will have a discussion about it. And she takes it seriously because if you've ever watched an Apple keynote, you know, these, you know, watches are saving lives out there because they're, you know, they're monitoring us. Um, and it's true. I mean, they never before have so many people been monitored 24 seven by a medical device. So it's kind of amazing to think about. And I had something happen today that I had not expect experienced before. My Apple health app asked for me to give permission to connect to my Medicare account mm. oh. so that it could took a look take because I'm on Medicare, you know, I'm of that age. And it said that it could hook to those for the medical information that's coming in, for, you know, the test results and all that. I have not done it yet. I'm still thinking about it <laughs> because that's that part of me says, oh, do I really want to do that? <laughs> But if you're looking at health, that's one aspect that it could feed in your your what procedures you've had, what what uh, vaccinations you've had. That's all data. Yeah. And these these weight loss apps and these these uh, uh, physical fitness apps, these workout apps, they want they, they want that data because they can help you better tailor your plans of what you're doing. Right. And it is nice where, you know, the Fitbit app isn't just the watch. And I know the, the Apple watch app isn't, you know, the Apple just, health isn't just right. the Apple uh, watch. And it's nice because then when you do step on your withing scale, you know, within a few minutes, it's in your fit, your Fitbit app. It's in your Apple health app. Right. You know, you step, you use your sleep cycles. They go into your different apps and they're there and it helps you really understand, you know, what's going on with you. Again, not getting over. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed by the data because there is so much data. But this is data that can help you. And you know, uh, especially with both watches, uh, do uh, blood uh, blood oxygen levels. And that's, not real you know, that's, accurately though. But accurately enough that if you know it's sitting at a certain level and it starts to drop, right? You can see trends. That's time still. to call right. the doctor. Right. That's time to call the doctor. And of course, you can get the the connected you know blood pressure cl clips that you clip on your finger, and those are more accurate. But it's still it's these are all tools that can help you that if you do notice something changing dramatically, call the doctor, get help, you know, find out what's going on. And it might be, oh, well, your your watch just died. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> it might be uh, good thing you called because it will be you that'll be dying if you don't get this yeah. fixed. <laughs> well, I could see where it could say, you know, you're you need uh, it, it's it's time for your annual flu vaccine or it's, you know, based upon those medical records. It's time to schedule an appointment with your doctor to talk about cholesterol meds or whatever. You know, it might be too intrusive for some people. As I say, I'm still having said yes but but i can see where it could be helpful as long as it's not misused yeah and i do believe other insurance companies have similar packages where you can use their app insurance company app and it will connect to this data too so yep right so some some gadgets that work with it some health monitoring gadgets withings has a blood pressure monitor like a cuff that will work with an app, the, their app, uh, and it'll you know, measure your blood pressure. Um, there's another thing called the Cardia Mobile, and it's an ECG. Uh, now, the Apple Watch has an ECG 
built in, but it's a very rudimentary one. Um, in fact, they, you know, they tell you it's this is just very basic and, you know, you got to be careful. This You shouldn't use a diagnostic. If you think anything's wrong, call your doctor. Uh, the Cardia Mobile one is a little bit a little bit better. Um, it's two points. Uh, the, the When you go to the doctor, I think they do like nine points, six or nine points, those different pads. Um, at least the, the Cardia Mobile is two. It's a little device that you put your thumbs on. And so it measures the electrical current through your body. Um, and so it does that as well. One of the Cardia models actually has six points. Oh, good. Yeah. So yeah, probably and, one of the more advanced ones. Right. Uh, the other thing is, is that uh, the, the reports that I had seen really said the Apple Watch ECG is like 99% equivalent to the other uh, medical devices that mm. there is a little tiny bit of difference, but it's not as big as you would think. Oh, wow. That's awesome to know. Cause, uh, yeah, because it, that's what, and it, every time I've got a Cardi as well. And so when I compare them, they're, they're really the equivalent. Right. And you know, with, with some of these things, I wouldn't actually just go out and get one myself. It's, you know, you would do it because your doctor thinks you, you know, it's something you might want to have and, and keep or you've track got of. a history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can just go out and buy one, but you got to be careful not to get yourself worked up, like we we're saying before, with all the data and over overdoing it. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, medical medical monitoring apps and devices. Um, in fact, I could have brought up another one, but um, I'll save this for another time. There's an, uh, a hearing one that will test your hearing and develop a hearing model. In fact, that might have been a previous pick of the week I made. Um, it will create an audiogram that you can download into your iPhone. And so it will, the iPhone itself will tailor the sound it produces in your ear, in your headphones, whether it's AirPods or EarPods or whatever. Um, it will tailor the sound for your particular hearing loss. Uh, we all have hearing loss as we get older. You know, it's inevitable. Our hearing degrades. And... Uh, you know, although my kids seem to have hearing loss because they never hear me when I talk to them. I was going to say, must res resist the, uh, huh? <laughs> Can't hear you. Exactly. <laughs> the what? Uh, huh? Uh, so, uh, but it, it'll tailor the, uh, aud the, air, the audio it produces for your uh, hearing loss, which is great. Uh, so it's really interesting. I, I have some Soundcore headphones and there's an app in there, the Soundcore, that does a hearing test. It too, mm -hmm. you know, it says, yep. you know, tap your tap this when you hear this tone and then t stop tapping when it, you can no longer hear it. And it gives you a second try and then it adjusts the, the sound in the headphones to compensate for that, too. Pretty cool. So that's awesome. Uh, also, there uh, there are, b besides the withings, I have an Omron blood pressure monitor that also talks Bluetooth to my my oh, phone okay. and, and will update the health app as well. Awesome. We'll get that into the uh, into the links in the show notes. Yeah, I didn't even put think about that when I was looking at that. No, so. I get that. I get that now to put in the show notes. Yay! Awesome. Excellent. So, um, great. So, and then um, we'll also have some links to some comparisons from The Verge and Wired, uh, doing some rating of the best fitness trackers right now. Um, everything. None of the articles include the Apple Watch Series 9, which like literally just came out days ago as we record this, of course, because uh, but you just the Series 8 was good and the Series 9 will be a little better, presumably. Um, you can just, you know, con consider those to be the same thing for that purpose. But um, 
this, a lot of it is, you know, we kind of actually live in a golden age of, of this sort of thing where a lot of these articles say they're all good. <laughs> so, you know, here are the little differences and you, you, you pick whichever little difference makes a difference to you. Yeah, because like if you, if you want something that's more outdoor friendly, you might want a Garmin instead of a Fitbit. Yeah. Garmin right. has been known for years for their outdoor GPS equipment. Well, they've been doing a lot of this fitness stuff as well. You know, and it's a little more rugged then than a Fitbit might be. Of course, iOS, you know, you might be happier with an Apple Watch instead of a Fitbit or or a Garmin. Right. Android, you might be happier with the Pixel Watch. Yeah, I'd be happy with an Ultra, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the one one thing none of these really do is blood pressure and and uh, glucose levels. Glucose. And that's that's yeah. going to be on the horizon. That's the holy grail. Yeah. There is something like two hundred. Uh, 45 million Americans with diabetes who, you know, that's a big audience. And if you could, if you could do away with the pinprick things and just measure it through the skin on a constant basis, that would yeah. be a huge thing. Of course they do have the little, you know, basically patch, but yeah, right. it does, you know, prick in, but then it, it stays on there and you use your phone right. to scan and, it like you would with the other apps. Yeah. So. Right. And and I know that some of the uh, my diabetic friends have a, 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 a constant monitoring going on when they've, you know, because they have pretty right. severe issues. Right. But even type two, there's people with type two who are using the patch. I know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing you could do. OK, but it'd be know. nice if it could just read it through your wrist, you know, like, you know, on your watch. You know, that would be and you can imagine the difference when people can say, oh, I just ate some Oreos, look at my blood pressure, like my uh, blood glucose, and how that will change the way people approach food and what they eat if they're seeing in real time what their body is doing to that. So, I mean, we've only just scratched the surface of what, of, you know, health and wellness tech and how that's going to really change things. And you can see why companies like Apple are moving huge into this space because, you know, to give them the benefit of the doubt that this isn't just about money, but about making a difference in the world. You can make a huge difference in the world with devices that can help make people healthier, for sure. So um, if folks, if you have any health and wellness devices or tech or apps that uh, you enjoy that you'd like to share with us or any questions in this area, feel free to send us some feedback at technology at sqpn.com. And we'd love to share that on a future episode. But before we move on to our next segment, I do want to stop and take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Patrick H., John E., Russell T., Martin P., and Hind DP. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, let's move on to some headlines. And the first headline is from Fortune magazine. And unfortunately, Fortune has a paywall. So I will also include a link to <laughs> archive.ph in our show notes that will let you see the Very whole good. article. Um, so that, uh, you know, you can in, in, enjoy some of this discussion. And basically the, let me see here. I'm just trying to find my link to that uh, article. So the, the, okay, there it is. The headline is, you're forgetting to cancel one of many subscriptions is big business. Study finds up to 200% sales boost from pure absent-mindedness. Now, the, the, the gist of the story is that so much is going to subscription models now. You're buying, you're buying fewer things outright. You're subscribing to a lot more stuff. And what happens when you subscribe to things is we forget we've subscribed. 
and we keep paying. This is like the old gym membership thing. You know, I, you said it for the, remember that old friends episode where they wouldn't cancel the gym membership because they were intimidated Columbia by having, Re- yeah. Columbia records. Yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, we had get, get 13 uh, CDs for a penny. I don't think I actually ever bought the other CDs. In any case, um, the, uh, this is big business. This is one of the reasons why they're doing it. They have found that companies make, um, let's see, 200% on I'm trying to find where the exact number is. They've found that the as uh, buyers inattention can boost a business's revenue by as much as 200%. So basically they're making four times as much money by the, or is it four? 200%? Yeah. Four 100% yeah. is double. Yep. So 200% is, is, is quadruple, right? Or triple. Whatever. A lot more money. They're making two hundred percent. They're making a lot more money. Math is not my thing uh, because people aren't are canceling the subscriptions. There's a there's a there's a, a, a lack of friction. So what ha- until that card gets um, expired or something else happens, generally people will leave things running. You know that they don't cancel. Um, now that's a maximum. They said anywhere from fourteen to two hundred percent. But it's still they're making extra money over they're making a lot of money off of people buying something they're not using. And that's a big deal. What do you think of this? Do do you think you have a lot of or any stuff that you're paying for that you're not using? Well, true story. I was at a client's house three weeks ago and something came up and we went through his list of subscriptions in the in the phone starting there. And just those. He had $200, more than $200 worth of things that he was paying for on a recurring basis without realizing it. And some of them were like a couple of subscriptions to like ESPN and Disney and stuff that he was making from two different points Mm. of view and didn't realize he was doing it. So he's double subscribed. Yeah, and and in in one case, I think it was three times to a particular thing. He was getting it through Amazon. He was getting it through Apple Plus or Apple Apple TV Plus. Mm -hmm. Plus, he was paying them directly. Wow. So yes, true story there. That's that's another big thing. Is like sometimes we'll subscribe to a thing more more than once, not realizing we've we're already paying. Um, And and I've done that. I actually subscribed to Paramount Plus. And then I tried to get in. I'm like, why? My subscription that, must have exactly lasted. what happens. And and then I went, okay, so I'll sign up again. And then and this is what I think was on vacation. And then I came and I then I realized, oh, no, wait, I'm already subscribed to that. Uh, <laughs> through just, Amazon or through, through something else. Exactly. Yes. And that was the problem. And so I ended up canceling one of those when I realized. But, yeah, it's um, it's insidious. They, they say uh, the average American spends nearly $220 a month on recurring subscriptions excluding cable and utility bills. So not including, you know, the cable, phone, that stuff, just the other subscriptions. You think about this, 50 years ago, we we weren't paying any of this stuff. None of this existed, you know? So you can see why people have much less income these days, (laughs) you know, much less disposable income because we're spending a lot of money on things that, that, you know, are, that, our parents never paid for in the past. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing. 
my bank now sends me a, a little notice, you know, here's the things that are coming up on recurring subscriptions, it looks like, and and reminds me, you know, That's good. Uh, on a particular credit card or a particular account, but not all banks do. And if you yeah. do, you want to turn it on so it reminds you, you know, on a regular basis. So I have a spreadsheet that I keep uh, and I try to remember every time I subscribe to an app. Every time I subscribe to a magazine or anything or service, I put it in this in this spreadsheet. And every year in January, I go through this spreadsheet and I, I look, have any of them gone up in price? Have any of them have I stopped using any of these and should I cancel them? And 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 inevitably, I, I catch things that I that I forgot. I go through my bank statements to look for things that are right. showing up repeatedly. Um, I use it used to be called Truebill, but now it's, I think it's Rocket Money, I think, because Rocket bought them. Um, that helps you track those things. And they actually promise to either cancel ones you're not using or um, get you better deals on ones. They uh, And they, they do that by um, taking a cut of whatever savings they get for you. Just, I don't know, I, I'd rather just cancel. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but it, it's a way to get help in doing this sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's really – it. You, you're 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 spending money you shouldn't have right. to. It's like the, there's a it's a fact that ev- that Americans are out there. Nearly every American is spending money extra mm-hmm. on stuff that they're not using. Well, just by on this. Well, the worst part is when you have something you know you're going to use it eventually, or you really should be using it, like Weight Watchers or Audible. <laughs> like, oh yes, I've got yeah. those Audible credits. Gym membership. Yeah, Audible credits. <laughs> yeah. I should really should be using. And what do you mean they expire in a year? You know. Stuff right, like that. Right. Yeah. Well, we know we're not using it and we're still paying for it because we feel guilty about canceling it. Yep. <laughs> right. Like, like a fitness You don't want to lose it. Right. <laughs> you don't want to lose anything. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I did that with the, the Supernatural VR app. I just, I, I used it every day for a year. And then when we had that time when we were not in our house and I couldn't do VR and I got out of the habit and I kept wanting to go back and go back and go back. And I just never did. And it's like, <laughs> I just can't, you know, I, I got to it anymore. I got to cut my losses and move on. Hey, they just dropped it to half price. Oh, the, the subscription just <laughs> went in half. Really? Uh-oh. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> Get thee behind me. I know. I should be doing it. It is a good app. It is a great. It's a great little workout. I every morning I'd get up and I'd I'd get my my blood running and my you know get sweating and it was fun. Yeah. I just I always enjoyed it. It was it was it's a it's a great workout. I, I need to it's get nine ninety nine nine ninety nine a month now. Oh man, is or that hundred dollars a year? Is that a permanent change? It's permanent. Wow. I wonder. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. Uh, You may see me on there again. (laughs) Because that, see, that's the $10 I feel good spending, you know, as opposed to on some stupid. Well, it it generates endorphins when you're doing it, too. That's right. That's right. Get healthy. How many, many, you know, subscriptions to whatever streaming service you have? Because, oh, yes, I'm going to watch that show. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh, man. I know. I, I, I I still have Netflix. Like, how much do I, I watch Cobra Kai on Netflix now? What else am I watching watch on Netflix that I'm spending 15 bucks a month? I don't know if I should be spending that money anymore. I'm just about ready to cut it. I yeah. really am. I mean, gosh, like Netflix used to be the thing. I had a whole, yep. I, I had DVDs from Netflix, you know, back when that, that's how far oh, yeah. back they, oh, we, yeah. we go. But I'm like, 
I'm ready to you know cut the, the cord. You know, the last DVD was shipping today, I think it was, or, oh, was or it a couple of days yep. ago. Yeah. Yep. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show, right. just yes. about right. that. And uh, I talked about how I used to have a, we used to have a warehouse in the next town over. Yeah. So I could, I could like draw, I could do a CD a day, basically. I could watch a movie a day. Yep. You know, it was so quick. Uh, yeah, that was, awesome. that was, that's how I first watched uh, streamed Babylon 5 was via Netflix DVD. <laughs> Netflix DVDs. Right. Yep. Yeah. So our next headline is, uh, this is close to my heart, microchips in the Parmigiano and other ways Europeans are fighting fake food. Now, uh, food, fake food, uh, in the sense of uh, counterfeit food, is huge business. Um, The odds are, just to throw one out there, is that the Italian olive oil on your shelf right now is not, you know, it's, it's labeled Italian extra virgin olive oil. It probably isn't extra virgin. It might be olive oil. It might not. It might, it might be, be Italian. Maybe it might, not. It might not be Italian. <laughs> You're usually pretty safe that it's olive oil. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah. And there might be a little bit of Italian mixed in there. But yeah, it might be, you know, uh, corn oil with, with some food coloring. Uh, that's the, the sad thing. So well, stuff like cheese too, you know, like, oh yeah, this is Parmesan. Oh yeah, it's Parmesan with a little other, you know, a little bit of Parmesan with some other cheese in there. And, good <laughs> and <enough>. Romano. Yep. <laughs> Wood pulp. So the, it's big business. Uh, and so that means that there's a lot of money in preventing counterfeit food. And so the producers, among others, uh, the producers of Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, the indisputed king of cheeses, by the way, is that uh, they're, what they're doing is they're putting these tiny microchips in the big wheels of cheese to track them to make sure that they you know, they can be scanned all along the production chain from you know where they're made from from the milk essentially all the way to the the markets where it's sold and they're tracking it along the the process hmm. and the chips themselves are pretty cool they're uh they're called pea chips which is an unfortunate name um <laughs> they're not for something that goes in food um they <laughs> They're made, by this, yeah, yeah. they're made by the Chicago company. They use blockchain technology to authenticate the data that can trace the cheese as far back as the producer of the milk used. They are, um, let's see, they they can be stored in like liquid nitrogen for up to a, up to a year. I think it's the years of storage in liquid nitrogen. So near zero, uh, absolute zero. So they can withstand extreme heat and cold. They can be read through ice. They outperform RFID chips, which are even larger, um, and they're not as fragile and, you know, can survive for years. They don't run out of power uh, for years, and they're more more, um, legible than QR codes, which they've tried to use as well. And so there's this label that every wheel gets made of casein, which is a milk uh, protein, but the pl- it's this label, a plaque that gets attached to every wheel, and the chip is inside that. So they're not putting oh, okay. chips inside the cheese. You just relieved me it. a lot because yeah. I didn't want to eat those chips. Yeah, <laughs> those, are, those are some chips and dip I don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no pea I'm chips. I'm thinking in my cancer, cheese. cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, yeah well, I know with all those, all the COVID conspiracists who thought we were, they were injecting us with chip uh, right. microchips in our vaccines. Now, no, no. We, so people aren't consuming the chips. The chips are in the outside Thank you. casing. And then a handheld reader scans it. But this is just one way that they're they're using to, you know, this technology to track things like wine and, uh, you know, feta cheese, and Parma ham and all these other wonderful, wonderful products that are just so good. 
and to make sure we're getting the real thing. Um, I mean, I like the fact that the like the wine bottles are also getting some of this tech on them to track oh. them. That this is you know a yep. real bottle of champagne from the Champagne region of France. You know that sort of thing. Right. Well, oh, and it's cool. I, I can see it expanding onto other things because like uh, I've been noticing like if you get grape tomatoes, they will have production codes on them for tracking where the tomatoes came from. You know, right. so I could see that that label again on the outside of the packaging, but that label having something like one of these chips as well. But sure help when they're trying to track down cases of uh, botulism or e. coli, you know, all the yeah, all those things that we yeah you know, that we we see re- reports on, but they don't know how to track it back. Well, now we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is they've gotten these chips to be so inexpensive but reliable. That's really the trick, and so that. They can be in lots of different things. Um, so tracking, tracking things everywhere. Uh, smart tags for your food. Uh, and then our last headline is, this is speaking of food <laughs> or things that shouldn't be eaten. Uh, the headlines from the, this, the website 404 Media, it says, uh, Life or Death, AI-generated mushroom foraging books are all over Amazon. Okay, so for a while now, ever since ChatGPT came out, people, unscrupulous people have been using chat GPT and other similar large language mm-hmm. models to create shovelware books. This has been a problem on Amazon self-publishing where people create low value books that they throw on by the thousands. And if it is so it doesn't cost them hardly anything. And if it's just a handful of people buy it, they're making money. Right. So that's, that's the, the thing. So these, some people have made books generated by these large language models and, uh, some of them have been about mushroom foraging, which if you know anything you, you, know, you know about mushrooms and wild mushrooms is, you know, you don't eat just any mushroom, no matter how confident you are. I, I don't care. I would never eat a mushroom I, that I, I pick in the wild with like, I want an expert, this guy who's been doing it for years and isn't dead yet. Like that guy, (laughs) I'm not, I'm never going to go from a book and this is going to kill somebody. That's the worry. Uh, What do y'all think? Does Amazon have a a responsibility here? Yeah, it's, you know, we've talked about it before uh, about how AI is notoriously unreliable when it comes to absolute facts. Yep. You know, we've talked about how, what was it? What was it you did, Dom, that, that, uh, chat GPT thought you there was something that it you know it it said you oh, was it where you lived or something right, when like I that? asked it about myself yeah oh I should yeah. look that up again because it was pretty funny um yeah there was a I asked it who you know who is Domenico Bettinelli and it came up with all kinds of weird stuff I mean it, it had it right that you, you know you went to this university and you lived in this place and you worked for these organizations and then it just went off the rails yeah it really did. It like <laughs> the weird, the weirdest. You know, and so that's that's one example of yes, Chat Chat GPT has a lot of information. You can ask it questions, and it will give you good answers. But you've got to realize, in the middle of those good answers is garbage. That it's either picked up or it's just kind of how it it learning model worked. It kind of worked its way in there. Well, and, so and, and it feeds very, on very fiction as well as as fact. I mean, you yep. know, and it doesn't know the difference. And it it again, it is a language model. It's not. When you think of AI, we think of, you know, uh, Jetson's robot, you know, Rosie, Rosie, the robot on Jetson's or uh, the artificial intelligence, really real artificial intelligence. This is just they it takes a bunch of information and can fit it together into something that looks logical. 
So the problem is, is with Amazon, I mean, a lot of people can write books and they're fiction. So how is it going to tell the difference between fiction and a generated thing that is has misinformation in it? There are there are tools out there that have figured out keys or little clues to how if fingerprints to if say you will, it's AI. AI. Yeah, right. right. And Amazon might have to, one. Yeah, yeah. Amazon might have to invest in those tools to um, to uh, to run everything that's that self published through before they put it on their store. Well, and and you can't do it wholesale because I actually have a client who did some computer generated AI art and then did some poems based upon that art that were generated by AI because he was interested in the process and it and so he sold them, you know, and I bought one. But so that how does again, you know, how do you how do they discriminate between what's being sold as true versus sold as fiction? I think it has to do with the content. Like, what is the art? What is the book about? If it's a nonfiction book about a topic that could be dangerous, health related, that's one. that's an area where I think they crack down. But a work of fiction, a work of creative writing, creative art, like visual art. I don't think that. Yeah, here's here's a novel idea. YouTube, Amazon. Hear me out on this. Have a human actually look at it before you ban it or decide right. to approve it. If there's a question, right. actually right. human being taking a look at it. I know that's that's a radical idea. I know but they could don't. they have missed the particular <laughs> mushroom problem? You know, somebody just looking at it thinking, OK, here's a guide to foraging right. mushrooms. Could they have missed that? Possible, but again, if if you're using like the AI fingerprinting, that's true. That might yes. have caught it even before it got right. to that point. That's yeah. true. Yeah, the article talks about a, a, a program called Zero GPT, which estimates how much of a, a any particular section has been written by a uh, an, an AI generator. Um, and one of the funny things they found is that all of the books about the about mushrooms follow a specific format. They all start with a short piece of anecdotal fiction about a hobbyist. Mm. Stella had always been interested in the natural world and was fascinated by the many unknowns of the plant world. She'd heard about the power of a special type of mushroom known as psilocybin Mm, mushrooms. That's what we're getting here. That's the kind of mushroom they're looking for, not not my uh, spaghetti a la mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 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 not the fungini. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you get, you, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. The, that people are putting this sort of thing out there for one thing with that you could be a key people killed. Um, the, it's kind of scary that people would be buying these. Like if you could, if you're looking for a book about mushroom foraging, a don't mushroom forage out of a book, but B vet it, make sure it's from a real person who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, this kind of stuff has been, as you said before, Dom, this stuff has been a problem even before chat GPT. I mean, it's been, there, yeah. there, there were writing farms that literally they existed to have people just write garbage and self-publish it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Formula writing yep. in, 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 in the worst case. Right. Right. This is just automating all that. So be careful out there, folks. Be careful. Get some, go to the store and get some nice, you know, uh, Maybe morels or something off the sh- off the store shelf, you know, make a nice pasta. All right, uh, that'll do it for our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. And Father Corey, you're up first. So I'm going with a game again. Uh, this is uh, one that I 
it was on sale. Actually, it's it's sort of on. It's about fifteen percent off for a bundle. Uh, it's called For the King, and it's a game on Steam. So it'll it'll play on any any of the Steam platforms, including the the Steam Deck. And um, it's basically a role playing game. You know, like a tabletop role playing, turn based tabletop role playing. Uh, it's got kind of the you know the more sixteen bit kind of blocky graphics, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the the you have combat, you have exploration. Of course, you've got your quests that you're doing. You know, go find you know your princess is another castle type stuff. You know, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It, I've only, I haven't been able to play with it as much as I want to. Uh, but like I said, I got it on sale, so you can watch it. It's actually been out for about four years, five years now. And it's they've got expansions and all that, but it's it's if you want you know tabletop role playing, but either how can only do it solo, you don't have any friends to do it with, or you can do this also uh, via the network. You can do it over the internet with with friends and whatever. And it, it is real time, but it is you know turn based. So okay. cool, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and and exploration and you know building up your characters and your party and all that. It's it's worth worth checking out. Um. Windows, Mac, and Steam Deck. So, yep. Yeah, the whole So, everything. Thing. Nice. Well, something for everybody. I love that one. A little bit for, for us Mac users out there. Uh, yeah. Linux as well? <laughs> is yep. it, oh, yeah, is it, it runs great on friendly? My, okay. Yeah. It runs great on my Linux, my Linux side. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and of course, I, I'm very clear. I like cross platform. You know, oh, Proton yeah. helps, but if you can run it native on the Linux side, because that's yep. what Steam Deck is. So, right. The Steam Deck is a Linux computer, as we talked about last week. All right, uh, Pat, you're up next. Well, I have so many people that are f- are telling me my Wi-Fi keeps dropping off. My printer keeps saying it's offline. Uh, I, you know, I I can't stream a movie because it's it's uh, stuttering, etc. And a lot of the older houses have a single router that is trying real hard to get across the the house and really can't. Or you have somebody who's got an upstairs, downstairs, or a really long house, you know, just really uh, spread out. So I've been using uh, some of the Mesh products. I happen to be using a lot of the Google Mesh products, but there are Orbi and Eero that are quite uh, comparable and uh, comparably priced and that are consumer models. There are so, also are some business models, but I just wanted to reiterate that I really like Google uh, Mesh, and there's a couple of different models of it. There's the oldest one, which is uh, only covers to like 1,200 square feet, and then there's uh, the next model up covers 2,400 square feet. And then the, you can have additional little satellite uh, hockey pucks or whatever that you place across the house to spread that signal out. And uh, now the newest one is uh, Wi-Fi 6 compatible. And so it's it, in fact, it's not cross compatible with the other older ones. It's, you know, you basically put that in and it's it's super fast. And um, but they're they're all all from Google and they're easy to set up. There's an app on your phone and they they have a lot of help online, etc. Very nice. Yeah, I I uh I have the Eero mesh and uh it works great. Get coverage all across my house. Um really like it. I'll have to I'll have to look into this cuz my house is small and so the the router I have, which isn't 6 capable capable capable, but my garage is uh far enough away Outside where it gets kind of sketchy well it gets yeah. a little sketchy towards the uh, to, towards the edge of it so yeah. right well right. mesh does help and i think google is is 
pretty good, pretty well priced on that. Yep. So definitely. Now, the only thing I've run into is printers that are wireless printers sometimes don't work well with mesh. And I think the mesh uh, manufacturers are beginning to recognize that and change some things and maybe the printer manufacturers, too. But if you have that situation where it it keeps dropping off of the printer, then a lot most of the meshes have a, a Ethernet port that you could plug the printer in directly if it supports it. And then it says, oh, now I know where my 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 signal's coming from. Oh, right. That's a good point. Because you know what? My laser printer is always, I'm always having to reinstall the driver on my Mac. That's exactly what happened with my Canon. And, oh. and it was, and it ended up being that if I plug it into the router, the little, the little satellite unit, mm-hmm. uh, then it can find that and that finds the network. But it doesn't have a hopping different IP address or a right. Mac address to find. Right. I just thought it was printers being printers because I hate printers because yeah. they're, they're oh, I know. They're sent awful. from hell to torture us. <laughs> printers and passwords are what i spend most of my time on oh yeah <laughs> so uh my pick of this week is an app that i've got to basically replace evernote uh evernote was my second brain it was my love i it was fantastic i used it all the time um and i started using evernote back in 2010 i think nine maybe even uh way back and i put everything in i had tens of thousands of notes in Evernote. And then the last couple of years, they've kind of gone in a different business direction and they be, they're becoming a different kind of product and it just wasn't working. The The straw that broke the camel's back was that they, they changed to this new kind of app that doesn't work with um, scripting or anything like that. It was just didn't work for me. So I finally cut my losses and I went out and bought DevonThink. And DevonThink is like Evernote in that it, it is a big repository for everything, basically. You know, you can use it like a database. Uh, but what it does is it connects to the files that are stored that are stored on your computer. It doesn't put them inside a proprietary database like Evernote does. These are all just files on your computer, and it points to them. But it, it there are automations. It has automations and rules that are inside Devin think that it, you know that it's part of his program, but you can also use external scripting and various automations. And uh, you can searching is wonderful in it. You can search for things. The one thing it doesn't do that Evernote did do, which you can kind of do if you work around it, but you know, but it doesn't do as well. Is I can't use use it on my phone because it's files that live on my computer. It's not in the cloud. And that's that's a big difference. Now, there is a Devon Think to Go app. Well, what that also means is that it only can live on one computer. You, and you couldn't have it spread across, you know, it's right. two multiple, two different machines either. That's right. That's right. But you can create multiple databases. And so I have like a work-based one and I have a personal one and all those sorts of things like that. But um, Devon Think is a huge program and there's so much it can do. It, people use it for research, for like for like major scientific research or for academic research. And it's a, it's a very powerful program, but it can, you can use it for just about anything. Um, and so I'll, I'll mention the program itself, Devin think, but also, and, and it's a one-time purchase. It's not a subscription. You just buy it. You can buy upgrades, um, and, but you, but you own it. But I also want to mention that um, there's a course you can get to learn Devin think um, if you really want to, you know, get, get started from uh David Sparks, Mark uh, Max Sparky, he's called, and um, 
one of his Max Barkey field guides. And I'll put a link in the show notes for Devin Think. Is right? He has a Devin Think one. Do, do, do. Oh, I'm not seeing it. So maybe he was talking about it coming out. I'll have to look for it. Oh, no, there it is. Devin Think field guide. Okay. So I was, I was right. So um, it's eight and a half hours of a video tutorial walking you through Devin Think and how to use it. Um, so it, it's definitely worthwhile if you think this is an area you want to go and you want to really start to use this uh, very, very heavily. But uh, Devin Think. And Mac only. Mac only. Yep. Uh, sorry, I should have mentioned that. Thought it might be up obvious, but yeah, it's Mac only. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, when you said right. Mac Sparky, that kind of gave me a clue. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I should, I, did, I should have said that up front. But uh, yeah, he, it, is, uh, it is Mac only. Um, very good. So... That's our picks of the week, and that's our show. We would love to hear from you about what you thought about anything we discussed this time. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC228. That's right. The show is number 228. Follow the Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. For now, Google shutting Google Podcasts down. Nerd. Spotify, <laughs> tune in. We'll talk about that later. Your favorite podcast app or on our YouTube channel where you should also hit the bell to get notifications. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Don. Pat Scott, thank you as well. Good to be here. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs> <laughs>